just snowballing, right? It was like a slow burn. It wasn't one day I decided to get up and do four workouts in 24 hours, which, you know, I did (laughs) from time to time. Mm -hmm. At one point, God came to me and and really quite softly, (laughs) but he said, Amy, you're spending more time thinking about the food you're going to eat and the exercise you're going to do than you are about me. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and the forthcoming book The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compared to Who show. I'm Heather Creekmore, and I am happy that you are watching or listening today. I am talking today to my friend, Amy Connell, and the topic for today is confessions of an over 40 fitness instructor. And so today we are going to have a fun talk about what it's like in the fitness industry, what it's like to have body image struggles and work in the fitness industry, what's expected of those in the fitness industry, what you as someone who has taken a class are probably thinking about your instructor when you're in there. So we're going to talk about all those things. And listen, sometimes those of us who are in this industry struggle in even deeper ways because of the expectations put on us. So today, my guest is my new friend, Amy Connell. Let me tell you just a little bit about Amy. She is an NASM, and I think that stands for the National Association of Sports Medicine, correct? Um, Certified personal trainer. She's a nutrition coach. And get this, she's an imperfect eater. Who admits to that? Amy does. Uh, She's host of the Graced Health Podcast. And she seeks to equip women with simple and grace-filled ways to take care of and appreciate their guy-created body. She enjoys a little chocolate in the process is, is her tagline that she always makes sure to mention. So if you work with Amy, you're not working with someone who is like no chocolate allowed. Uh, she lives in the Houston, Texas area and uh, she's married and has been married for 23 years. And she has two always hungry teenage boys and a stray turned princess pit bull named Grace. Amy, welcome to the Compared to Your Show. Thank you, Heather. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really excited for this conversation. So we met a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. It might've been a month ago. A time has just COVID has erased my ability to track time. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <But true. laughs> we met when I was on your show. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'd encourage anyone watching or listening to check out that episode of the Grace Health Podcast. But we met and we started talking afterwards. And I was like, you know, what would be super fun to have a conversation about what it's like to be an over 40 fitness instructor. And so, and you were like, yeah, I'm game. (laughs) So (laughs) let's, I want to go there, but first just let us get to know you a little bit. Can you tell me a little bit about your story? Maybe your struggle with body image and maybe like what led you to become a fitness instructor? 
I would love to. I grew up dancing. So I have always had a love of movement and an awareness of my movement. Late high school, I started with, I think my first foray into group fitness, which back then it was called aerobics, but it was a step aerobics class and been doing it so long, or at least that was when I started, it was, you know, showing up in a thong leotard and one of those, you know, three inch wide stretchy belts. Uh huh. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that only the 40 people can <laughs> remember. Thank goodness. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. <laughs> and really through college, I, that was how I moved. That was, you know, I would go to group fitness classes into my professional career. There was, I worked downtown and there was a downtown YMCA where I love to go and take different classes and just kind of felt at home. I loved the concept of everybody moving together to the beat. I mean, group fitness has kind of changed and evolved since then, but it used to be that we were all doing the same thing all the time, which I have mixed feelings about, but it was fun for me. Then when I had my first son, we decided that I would stay home with him and I needed a lifeline. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Going from professional career and Excel spreadsheets and conference calls and and boondoggles to staying at home with a baby Mm -hmm. was, um, as any mom can appreciate, a, a little bit of a change. So I found, I had a friend who had a studio that was really focused on um, exercise. It was pre and postnatal fitness. So I used to go and do yoga when I was pregnant. And then after I was pregnant, I would go in the middle of the day and work and we got to bring our babies and work out with our babies. So there was no, you know, uh, gym childcare area that we had to worry about and germs. He was with me and it was just, it gave me life in that sense, obviously. (laughs) Life doesn't really come from from a fitness class, but it was so critical to me and my sanity and understanding other that I'm not the only one who's up all night and having problems nursing. And it was it was just really great. So shortly after I had him, we moved and then I got pregnant very quickly. Um, My babies are or my boys are 20 months apart. So when I had my second one, I actually went to our community center. I live in one of these big Texas master plan communities and went to the community center and said, look, I think that this neighborhood would be ripe for something like this. And they approved it. I got my first certification and that was in the pre postnatal did classes. And then it just kind of went from there. Then when that program, it was just time to close that down. I ended up going to a local gym and went from there. So I've I've been teaching group fitness um, and certified since my youngest, who is 15, so 15 years, and then got my personal trainer certification several years ago when I just really felt like it was time to take that next step Mm -hmm. and uh, increase my knowledge a little bit more. So when, and not to make you disclose your age, but 15 years ago, how old were you when you started teaching then? Were you in your 20s? Well, I'm 46. I'll tell anyone that. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, I'll tell. Uh, so um, you were. I was. So I was. I was 30. Well, yeah, I was 30. Okay. 30. Okay. Um, yeah, because he'll turn. Her. He'll turn 16 this year. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I started when I was 30, and really along that same path. I was really dealing with my own body image issues. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one area that you and I have, uh, you know, a lot of similarities. I really can't remember a time in my teens, 20s, 30s, where I was happy with my body and um, really turned to over-exercising, really overthinking the food. And, and really looking back, I think it was more, not so much that it was perfection in my eating, but it was shaming myself for what I ate and feeling badly about it. And, 
just snowballing, right? It was like a slow burn. It wasn't one day I decided to get up and do four workouts in 24 hours, which, you know, I did (laughs) from time to time. Mm -hmm. Don't recommend that, by the Mm -hmm. way. Don't recommend that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And really the very short of the story is I felt called to write and to talk about balance because it was a journey that I was on. And at one point, in that process, uh, God came to me and, and really quite softly, <laughs> but he said, Amy, you're spending more time thinking about the food you're going to eat mm. and the exercise you're going to do than you are about me. Mm. And kind of in the process of all of that, God really, I mean, I just say it's his grace and his mercy that pulled me out um, with a lot of help from my husband, who's a really fantastic man. <laughs> and, um, kind of pulled that out. And since then, he has really impressed upon me through his word, through lessons at my church that we take care of our body. And yes, we exercise and yes, we eat well, but it's not so we look a certain way. It's Mm -hmm. so we can do what we're called to do. And that is really the secret sauce. And that is where I love to sit and stand and, um, and be in my space because it's so much bigger than just what I do and what I look like. Yeah. Amen. Okay. But let's go out of that space a bit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't know if, sorry, I get it on tangent sometimes. And no, I don't, I hope no, that no, no. Your question. Perfect. No, no, no. But I just, I want to backtrack. Okay. Because I think at least for me and I don't, you know, we have different stories that are similar, but I think for me, becoming a fitness instructor was a card I was going to play, if you will, to find freedom from body image issues. I thought if I could just be one of them, then I probably wouldn't struggle anymore because I would have like this, I don't, I guess it would almost be akin to, we mentioned modeling earlier, but it's like almost akin to like, if someone called you a model, okay, well then how could you not think you were pretty if you were pretty enough to be picked to, you know, to be in someone's picture. It was the same kind of thing for me. Like if I, if I could get someone to stamp fitness instructor on my resume or on my shirt, as the case may be, you know, then I would know that I was worthy, good enough by someone's standard, physically okay. And yet it didn't solve it for me. And so I know that your journey kind of continued, at least from what I understand, that you were on a journey and being a fitness instructor isn't, that wasn't, didn't collide with the moment when God showed you that you were really wrestling an idol. So can you talk to me a little bit about whether or not that was part of it for you? Was there any part of you that felt like, like achieving that status would, would change anything? You know, that's interesting. I have to say, Heather, if that was part of my motivation, I don't know that I recognized it. Okay. But what I'm hearing you say is something that I think a lot of us can relate to is if I fill in the blank, then I'll feel happy about myself. Right. Right. If I have a perfect eating day, then I'll feel good. If I reach to a certain number on the scale, then I'll feel better. And You know, I think my path into group fitness definitely with the babies was like just that was just so important to me. Mm -hmm. And then I really liked the childcare area (laughs) at the gym. Uh (laughs) (laughs) That was that was really important to me, too. (laughs) If truth be told, my kids won't my kids don't listen to podcasts, so I can say that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think for sure. It's very easy. If I'm honest, 
I think I still probably fall under this where my identity gets wrapped up in being a fitness professional. Mm-hmm. And particularly in this space where I, I love educating women, mm-hmm. um, not because there's so much to do, but because let's pull it back and make it, make it more simple. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's funny. I was out of the, one of the things I love to do, I'm a little crazy this way, but I love to go to some football fields we have and do sprints. I don't, it's crazy. My husband's like, you're a psychopath. I'm like, I know, but it's just, it's just something I do. And it's, I found myself twice within the span of like 40 minutes, just in conversation, making, you know, with people I've never met. And I'm like, oh yeah, well, I'm a personal trainer. Like, and then in hindsight, I was like, girl, you are really playing that card. Like that is, you are saying that to justify your either knowledge or abilities or, well, you know, I may not look like you think I'm going to look. So I'm going to tell you Mm -hmm. that I'm a personal trainer. Right. And that, that hurt a little bit. (laughs) And God was like, you're leaning a little bit too much on this, (laughs) you know, rather than, rather than, you know, something else or some other kind of connection point. So, yeah, I mean, I think I have definitely had those if then statements. Mm -hmm. But I will also share that, you know, that's a lot of pressure too. that whether Mm -hmm. or not we put that on ourselves, or sometimes other people do without even without even realizing it. I was out like at a restaurant, a local restaurant one time and went over to say hi to a friend who was eating. And she had someone there who has, um, who I'd never met. And she said, Oh, this is Amy. Oh, yeah, Amy teaches classes, you know, over at the fields and da da da. da. And I could see it was like, not even an eighth of a second, Mm -hmm. but you could see her eyes go from my eyes, all the way down to my toes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You look like maybe you know what I'm talking Uh about. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. And all the way back. And if I could slow it down, it was like this visual assessment of mm-hmm. is she worthy of the body that she yeah. says that she does for a living? Yeah. So that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there's a lot of things you said that I want to touch on, but as I'm kind of thinking through it in my mind, it all goes into identity, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just mm-hmm. all wraps up in that bundle because yeah. just as you, I mean, I've done the same thing. In fact, I think I might've shared on your show that I had a friend, it was after I wrote my first book, I had a friend that was like, why do you have that you teach fitness classes in your bio? And I was like, because I do, I've been a fitness instructor for 10 years and I teach, you know, three classes a week. And she's like, it is three hours out of your life. Like, why is that important <laughs> enough for you to put in your bio? And I was like, Ooh, huh. <laughs> well, uh, and I mean, stuttering, like, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, you know, and, and so that was a real moment of conviction for me. But, but even for those who aren't fitness instructors, I think a lot of moms, especially if you decided to maybe, you know, take some time off from working or quit work altogether to just focus on home. I don't know. I used to do the like, oh, I'm just a mom now, but let me tell you what I used to do. (laughs) Or I became a mom. And you're right. It's like this, this, Hey, I want you to think of me in this way. I want you to identify me as this. This is my real identity. And so it's important to recognize that. And then the whole size up thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think if you're honest and you're watching or listening today, there's a good chance that you have walked. If you've ever gone to a fitness class at a gym 
And I can say this because I've been on both sides, right? Mm. I was the person up front and I was the person coming in. But as the person up front, I observed it a whole lot more than the person coming in. But you go into a class and the first thing you do is you size up that instructor. I mean, I have sized up instructors to figure out how hard the class was going to be, right? Oh, like yeah. if I'm and you're always into- wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And then, so I'll just, I'll confess, this is really horrible. But so I taught until, um, until about three years ago. So I was 43 when I quit teaching. And, and in that time, right around the time I was, I turned 40, God had told me that I needed to quit the gym. And he and I had this negotiation back and forth because I was like, I can't quit the gym. Like if I quit the gym, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my body? And really it was what's going to happen to my identity. And so it was a crisis. And so in my negotiations with God, which I don't recommend um, necessarily, because I was like, okay. That's I'm, something else you'll always lose. Yes. Exactly. Like, I'll, I'm like, I'll just go on a sabbatical, God. Like I'll ask the gym for a sabbatical. I'm not going to quit because I just can't quit. Yeah. And so I went on a sabbatical and went for several months without teaching and then ended up going back to it. And so that's also a story I share on the blog. And so- as a 41, 42, 43-year-old, when that 20-something came in and sized me up and down, it made me determined to make that a much harder class yeah. <laughs> and I should have made it. And so that reveals some, some wickedness that remains in my heart. I'm afraid of still trying to, trying to prove my worth or you use the word, Amy, and I love this, justify, right? Yeah. Because isn't that really what it's about? Like it's where is our justification? And as Christians, we're justified by what Jesus did for us on the cross. But how often do we try to use what we look like, what we can do, how much we weigh, maybe even like the fact that you said that if then, if I, if I could run a marathon, then I would feel validated. I know women that have, that have had that mantra, or if I could just do a try, or if I could just do the Ironman, you know, then, and it's just like, it's, there's always one more, right? Cause you do the marathon and then you got to do the triathlon and then you, you know, then you got to go for the big contest. It's, it's never enough. It's never enough. And, and so in learning that we can't justify ourselves in that way is, is such an important part of the process. Are you tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free, my friend. Check out compareddohu.me online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos, and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. If you're tired of battling comparison, friend, I wrote this book just for you. Check it out right after this episode, of course. So... Well, let's, let's talk about the industry for a second. What have you seen kind of behind the scenes? You had to get certifications. You had to go take tests to, to get these certifications because most certifications, now there are certifications that don't make you do anything, but most good certifications make you show up and exercise a little bit to <laughs> make sure you're qualified. <laughs> yeah. what, what have you noticed? Anything in particular? Well, it's funny. I want to, I want to combine that answer with something you just mentioned. Yeah. And that was when the 20 cent things show up. So as you know, with, um, with certifications and I'm under NASM, which you were right, National Academy of Sports Medicine, you have to have continuing education credits, which side note, if you're ever working with a profession, fitness professional, make sure they're needing to have those continuing education because mm-hmm. they're really important. But oftentimes the easiest way to get those credits, this was pre COVID was you go, you show up at a conference for, 
for a weekend and you just bang out a bunch of classes and you bang out things. So I would show up, you know, as a 40 something year old and there's all these 20 year olds. Oftentimes at those conferences, they're either like fitness classes. So you're learning new techniques to take back to your class or to your, you know, to your community or their lectures. So I would step into these, these classes and the girls were going crazy. And then I'm like, these girls are half my age, but I feel like I need to keep up because I don't want to look like, oh, well, she's a fitness instructor and she can't keep up, even though there's been like five of them a day. I mean, they're the most physically exhausting thing I've ever done. So yeah, that that is that is real and that is definitely hard so i think it it happens not only with the class leader trainer instructor client or relationship but it also happens on a peer to peer relationship but you know in terms of the industry it's interesting i have been very intentional about who i learn from and what i'm watching and you know on our Instagram feeds, we can curate that however we want. So the only people I'm looking at right now are those who are somewhat like-minded. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because being an over 40, yeah, it is. It's it's different. And quite honestly, as we as women particular, particularly grow, you know, we're, as we age, we need to work out differently than we did when we were 25. And a lot of the studies that are out there that the, and this is a whole nother conversation I would love to get into if you want to, but like that the morning shows and the BuzzFeed articles and all of this, all of those, most of those studies are done on 20 men in their twenties. I'm not a man and I'm not in my twenties anymore. So a lot of it is just kind of learning and being confident in um, moving in a way that God wants me to move now. And not comparing that, speaking of comparison, not comparing that to how I moved even just 10 years ago, but certainly not 20 years ago. But because it is, it's, it's different. And I think it's important to learn, to learn that. So because once you learn a little bit more, then you're more, you're more grace giving to yourself. You're more confident in yourself. You know, it's just like, as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, we're, we are less likely to uh, start, you know, to compare ourselves to others. We stay in our lane. Mm -hmm. And so I know that that's kind of weird comparing the fitness industry to Jesus, <laughs> but it's, it's a process and it really, gosh, it's freeing once you figure it out too. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you said the word grace and that's, that's part of the title of your podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think that that that's the key, yeah. right? If we don't give ourselves grace to age, like, yeah. who? Like yeah. all the things that creates, right? You're frustrated. You can never find the perfect wrinkle cream, right? You know, no. like, like you can't stop the clock or, or like menopause and the hormones happen and there is not much you can do about it. You can take your supplements, but, but they only go so far. And so like, if we don't give ourselves grace to get older and for our bodies to change and we don't treat them differently in the way they need to be treated differently. And that ultimately harms us. And I agree so much with what you're saying about we need to exercise differently over 40. And I mean, I know personally, and I think I've shared this on the podcast before, I used to do, I taught spin. I taught kickboxing and spin. Now you were step girl. I am too much of a klutz to do step aerobics. Like seriously, even in my prime, you put a step in front of me and I will trip (laughs) over it. Like I showed up at a class I was subbing once and they were like, this is step. And I'm like, they didn't tell me it was step. Oh, no. Like, I don't do oh, of step. all the formats <laughs> like, to get thrown into. Well, <laughs> go get your step 
and we'll just work with it. And I, it was literally, it was the lamest step class any of those people ever had. It was like, step up, step down. down. (laughs) I've done one to the side. (laughs) Okay. Step back on it. Okay. Now let's push the step up and just do some free weights. Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was horrible. It was absolutely (laughs) horrible. Yeah. Uh, But, but you were saying you did spin. And so I would work out at like super high heart rate for the duration of the time. And especially if I was in front of a class that made me go even harder because I felt like I had to prove myself to the class. And for some reason, and I think this is adrenaline, this is the adrenaline works. But when I was in front of a class, I had enough adrenaline to go fast and hard for 45 minutes without it really showing at the time. I wasn't winded. I wasn't huffing and puffing into the, into the mic. Like I was fine because I had the surge. Mm -hmm. And then I would get home and I would have to take three naps. Like literally I would take, get, take a nap as soon as I got home. Cause I often taught like a 6am class. Yeah. I'd have to take a nap at seven uh-huh. <laughs> until like eight <laughs> yep. to start my day. Yep. Been and there. By 11, I was crashed again. And then that afternoon, I'm literally three naps a day. And so that was part of God speaking to me. I'm like, okay, what you're doing, your body is not, this is not normal. It's not good to get a 45 minute workout in and then have to sleep for three extra hours during the day. You're doing something wrong. And so I I share that just as an encouragement to anyone watching or listening, like it's okay to work out differently as you age. And I think that's the way we were created. And, And then also there's this whole thing. I don't know if you have an opinion on this or not, Amy, like aerobics was just invented in the 1980s, right? Late, late seventies, mm-hmm. but Ken Cooper really got it going in the eighties. And before that point, like people didn't go to gyms and work out together. That was not a thing. And so it's only been 40 years. So it's like our generation is the first generation to really know what it's like to be doing. I mean, I don't know. I think I went to the YMCA at age 12 or 13 and did like mm-hmm. the group fitness classes in the summer. Like I've been doing aerobics for over 30 years, we don't really know what impact that has on people yet, right? Until except for us, right? We're the first we're the first people to experience 30 years of aerobics. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, it's interesting that you say that. I had um, a guest on recently named Pete McCall, and he is um, an educator to fitness professionals and like high fitness enthusiasts. And um, he was talking about, yes, exactly the same generation. Now, if you'll take a step back, our parents were the ones who started going to these classes in their 40s. So, or, you know, maybe a little bit before then. But I think one thing to remember is we were meant to move and we were designed to move. And if you go back to any of the gospels, we see Jesus walking all the time, sure. not sitting at a desk or scrolling right. on, their, on his phone. Right. So a lot of these things were intended to replace the sedentary lifestyle mm-hmm. that we have. I think what we're learning is something that seems so basic, but the importance of moving in a lot of different ways Mm. and not just, you mentioned spin and I taught spin too. So I'm like, I'm rolling because I I totally know what you're talking about with that, but you know, not just going to spin three times a week or not just running all the time. Like our bodies were designed to move in a lot of different ways. And I think what has happened is I don't want to say like the fitness industry as a whole, but we get these little snippets of studies that are done and that are beneficial and they're helpful, but then we take them and there's this word that I actually heard on that all about fitness podcast and I love it. I thought it was a made up word, but it's actually not. It's called, and I never say it right, fetish size. Okay. Yeah. So it's creating something and making a fetish out of it Mm. or, you know, or like an 
I don't know if obsession is the right word, but we tend to do it over and over and over and over again. Well, our bodies weren't not designed to be on a bike. Mm -hmm. That's the only way that we move. Right. Um, so I think that we are learning that. And one of, one of my biggest passions and, and, um, levels of excitement, I guess, in the fitness industry recently is mobility. Mm. So that is more, you know, and I'll just do a, a quick snippet for that, but that's more, um, it's slower movements. It's moving your body in a lot of different ways. It's increasing your range of motion. So, you know, if you can see, um, yep. See there, you know, I sweat, uh, <laughs> we should talk about that. <laughs> I knew that was a risk. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> YouTube gets a really extra fun yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're, if you're just listening, you're going to want to go to YouTube because you missed it. <laughs> Yes, I'm moving my arm all in a circle. And Heather has talked about in her books how much she sweats and I am uh -huh. right there with her. But, our, <laughs> but it's increasing that range of motion. It's stabilizing the joints, but it requires us to move in a lot of weird and mm -hmm. funky movements. And so anyway, you know, learning about that and incorporating that into the things that we also love to do. I hope that answered. Does that answer your question? Absol See, I'm, I'm kind of going off on, a, on my own no, little tangent here. Absolutely. Sorry. And, and my brain, I'm going to, there is some, some older fitness person had like their mobility workout advertised and like, you know how PBS would do like those three hour, you know, like commercials yes. <laughs> for different things. And so I'm picturing in my mind, but they, they were, I watched the whole thing, of course, and they were making a convincing case for what just exactly what you're saying, like doing different motions because, and they were working mostly with seniors. I think it was a program for senior citizens and I was watching it as research, I'm sure, but they were making a case for, for what happens when you are a certain age and you only do certain movements, how you actually lose the ability to do other movements. And then eventually you lose the ability to do the movements you were doing because you've lost that other ability and it just shrinks yeah. your range of motion and your general mobility down so severely that, you know, that's how... I mean, that's why they say that when you retire, you should always have stairs in your house. Like you should not retire to a one-story home. Most people believe they should. You should actually retire mm -hmm. and still have stairs. Mm -hmm. You have to keep going up the steps. But yeah, most people don't stop. That. Anyway, don't that's stop we've come quite quite a far ways. From... Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's good. It's all good stuff. Hey there. How much is freedom worth to you? That's kind of an odd question, right? When I was in the midst of my struggle with disordered eating and body image, I would have paid anything I had to be free. Truth is, I spent a lot of my budget on things I thought could help me be free, like new diets, exercise gizmos, clothing, but none of those things really helped. I'm so grateful that God showed me the way out. And now I'm passionate about helping others find their way out too. I want them to know that Jesus already paid it all. They don't have to spend another cent to find the freedom they really desire. But truth is, it does cost me something to get this message out, compared to who can't spread the message of Jesus' offer of freedom without the help of women like you. Would you consider making a contribution? Check out Compared to Who's Patreon page at patreon.com slash compared to who. Then prayerfully consider giving $1 or $5 a month, whatever you can to help. Any amount you'd be willing to donate would be a huge blessing and will go directly towards covering the operating expenses of this ministry. Thank you for being a part of seeing other women set free from the chains of body image and comparison. May God bless your generosity. So I build this as confessions of an over 40 fitness instructor. And I'm trying to think if there's anything yeah. else we need to confess here, Amy. Well, yeah. May I offer some? Yes, actually, please. <laughs> so I actually just submitted a, a post on this to someone, but this is the deal. 
When someone walks into a class or even on a one-on-one training session, you can look at your trainer, you can look at your instructor and assume some things. Things you might assume are one, she's this happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Another thing, oh, she she always looks put together. When someone comes into a session with me, whether or not it's a class or it's a one-on-one, they are paying for a positive experience. Absolutely. And so I have had people who are like, you're just so happy and you're just so motivating and you're so encouraging. I'm like, yeah, you're paying me to be mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. That does not mean that's how I am right. 24 hours a day. Right. Do I wish I was? Yes. <laughs> but that is hey. not, you know, you're paying for an experience and I'm here to motivate you and I'm here to um, recognize the great things that you're doing, but I'm not, that, you know, that's not the 24 hour a day personality right. that I have. If you show up and I'm wearing all black, I probably had too many chips and guacamole. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> that know? happens in Texas. Yes, all the time. Happens a little bit in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm not always confident in my body. Yeah. I've been told, I probably, I've been, I've been told I'm real sized. So I'm like, I don't even know what that means. We're all real. But, <laughs> you know, I am not a skinny mini personal trainer. I'm, um, and I, you know, for whatever it's worth, if I stand up really, really tall, I'm five, four. Like, I used to be five, four without standing really tall. Now I'm like, you know, and I've got a lot of muscle on me. It's not all muscle. Let's just be honest. So, you know, it, I'm not always confident. I'm not always as, as confident as I might appear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is, that's another thing that is a, you know, confessions of a fitness professional. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Well, there's a lot of good points there, but, but one main point to pick out there is idolizing that fitness instructor. idolizing that fitness professional that, you know, your personal trainer, whatever, like just cut that out friends. (laughs) Right. Cause they don't want to be your idol. First of all, you know, like I don't think most healthy fitness professionals don't long for that. I'm sure that there are some that just would love that, but most healthy ones do not want that. Um, but beyond that, it's, it's just, this is what I always say about the magazine covers at Target. So some of you all have heard this before, so just bear with me because I feel like it's worth saying again, but we check out a Target and you look at those magazine covers and you see those bodies and you think, oh, if I could look like that, wow, oh, boy, if I could look that good in a bikini, like what? my life. Wow. Oh, what a difference it would make. Then nothing would be wrong anymore if, that, exactly. if we look like that. Yeah. Exactly. But then what you don't do is you don't read the headlines around that body, right? Because when you read the headlines on those magazine covers around that body, it's often like how she coped with his cheating or how she almost ended it all or her struggle with addiction or what happened when Hollywood, you know, excluded her from whatever. Like, these women with these awesome bodies still have struggle and heartache in relationships. They still have struggle and heartache at work. They still have real struggle. And so just like idolizing them or idealizing slash idolizing them isn't a true story. It's the same with these people, you know, in your life that are super fit. (laughs) 
it's not giving you the whole story. And, and whenever we look at someone and just make assumptions on them based on how they look, we're objectifying them. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? And like, and there's nothing that drives a bigger wedge, I believe between women than objectifying each other. Right. Like yeah. we get mad at men for doing it. Don't objectify women. Like we're clear on, no, oh, don't objectify women. Oh, how awful of you to, object- but the, yet we are like, Oh, did you see her? Oh, she looks so good. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, she must be out. on diet pals. Right. You know, right? right? Yeah. Like, Oh, she gets surgery. You know, like, yeah. We gotta, we gotta cut that out. We gotta stop objectifying each other. Yeah. Did you think and of making other assumptions? Thing? making assumptions on people. Um, yeah, just based on off of how they look. Right. And two, I think that um, industry is guilty of that. And they get that be a very fit person, and not necessarily fit into that. And I'm using quotes, I want to be very clear, I'm using quotes here that ideal size, I mean, mm-hmm. health is not a size. And, and you know, there are so many other metrics of health. And so as you know, fitness professional professionals. So here's another confession for you. Oftentimes, um, one thing people are guilty of is looking at a client or looking at someone who comes into class and assuming their fitness level based mm-hmm. off of their size, mm-hmm. which is so wrong. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. So wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, that was, I really, I honestly, I'm like, do I even want to admit this? But I have, I have done that in the past myself. And I'm, I, I, I'm so repentant of it. I'm so, mm-hmm. I hate that I have, and I've mm-hmm. grown since then and learned so much. But, um, you know, that's, I think too, is assumptions, but we all can make an assumptions, right? Out of right. so many different things right. and so many looks. And it's not, um, you know, what's that, um, the scripture from Samuel, you know, God looks at the heart that, you know, God, man looks at the outward, outward appearance, appearance, but God mm-hmm. looks at the, at the heart. And, you know, we've just got to take a little bit of time to get to know our, our, our right. either peers who are in our classes, or if we are the professionals to get to know our clients and, and really kind of understand where they're coming from too, rather than just automatically making an assumption and thinking that we know what's best for them. And what's coming to my mind immediately is thinking about your story and how, what really drew you in, it sounds like was the community. Like you needed community when you had babies, you needed a different kind of community, a community of women that were at the same place in life as you were. And I feel like fitness actually does that for a lot of people. I think that's why the CrossFit model has taken off because Mm -hmm. people find church, they find community at their CrossFit gym, they got their people. And I really feel like if you're listening today and you are part of a community, maybe like a CrossFit gym or community at your gym, you have such an awesome opportunity to reach people that are really struggling with body image issues. I mean, you really do, right? Because I wrote a blog post on this for some publication years ago, but just, we always talk about, or I don't know, in circles I'm in, there's kind of this like, it's hard to witness to people. Like it's hard. Like, what do you do? You just bring up the Bible out of the blue, like, oh, but, but what an opportunity you have in these situations where people are often willing to confess things like, oh, I just feel really fat today. Or, oh, or I don't know, you, you teach in a spin room, right? There's like, well, even most aerobics rooms, there's mirrors everywhere, mm-hmm. right? But but in mm-hmm. spin class, women would get on the bike and the first thing they do is they look at the mirror behind them, right? They look at their butt <laughs> on the bike seat, which isn't really a flattering look, I don't think. No. For, <laughs> for anyone. But, but they have this expectation that I don't know what they think they're going to see when they turn around. <laughs> but, but they turn around and then they express like, oh, 
oh, then what, what happens next is where there's so much potential to share, I think, grace and truth and hope, right? Because instead of just doing the like, oh, don't you look good? Look at my butt. My butt looks fatter than your butt. It's like we do the like, who's the bigger ogre contest? Like, yeah. oh, you're not fat. I'm fat. Yeah. Cut that out right now. It's just like, it's not helpful for anyone. But what an opportunity we have to say, oh, you know, girl, hey, that's not what I love about you. Like, that's not, that's not what's valuable about you. And, you know, I struggle the same way. Like, I feel that way sometimes too. But what I'm learning is that my value isn't connected to whether or not I have a fat day or a bad hair day or whatever day you want to insert there. Like, my worth and value comes from Jesus alone. And what an opportunity we have to share hope in that way. So I don't know. I didn't expect to go there. But that's just my little diatribe on witnessing at the gym. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. And if I don't mind, if you don't mind, if I can add to that, absolutely. I think it's a great opportunity to demonstrate maybe a more positive approach. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that felt really great when I was doing those, you know, fill in the blank, burpees, spins, hills, burpees whatever. Burpees never feel and- great. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry, know, God. <laughs> but whatever it is, and 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 talk about how that made you feel. Um, talk about how uh, you know, just kind of more flippant and encouraging things. And wow, you really worked hard today. And you know, I will say, I grew up in a church where, like, or in a family, we, we like our faith was important, but we didn't talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And so the witnessing aspect of it is really uncomfortable for me. Like. I didn't even want to say God out loud for a long time. Like it was, you know, so for me, what I try and do is be that person who's just a little bit different. Mm. Who's like, what, what is it that's different about her? Why is she happy? Why is she not complaining? Which by the way, was a process. I certainly haven't Mm -hmm. always been this way. And then maybe they see the cross around my neck and they're like, huh? Okay. And then if the opportunity goes, so I, I would welcome or encourage the, um, your community to, if they're in those situations, you know, think about how they can take captive those thoughts right. and, and make them positive, make them something that Jesus would be saying about us if he were here face to face. And, you know, maybe it's just a quick little super quick prayer of like, okay, God, what do you want me to say about this? Right. And, you know, that might be a really great witness to other people too, without being like, well, the Lord Jesus gave me the strength <laughs> to finish out the set today. You know, like, <laughs> Which may be necessary. I that say, might be great. In CrossFit. I actually think that's the prayer you need to pray. Because I've done yeah, CrossFit I mean, and I couldn't yeah. walk for like, five weeks. (laughs) I mean, if that's authentic to you, go for it. But then people would be like checking, checking my temperature if they saw me doing that. Absolutely. But no, but I think your point is important and there's no blame, no shame because we have all botched this opportunity. I am sure I know I have many, many, many times. So don't hear any shame or blame in this, but just going forward. Yeah. We need to be aware that if we're complaining about our bodies, just the way everyone else is complaining about their bodies, not that we want to be inauthentic, not that not that we want to be disgenuine, but how are we different? Yeah. Right? Like how are right. we different? Like, because in doing that, are we saying this is where my value and worth comes from? So this is really important to me, you know, or like, I need this to be validated or I, I don't know any of those things. I, I'm just, I'm musing out loud here, but how are we different if we complain the same way everyone else does? I mean, I think, and I think that's why shows like yours and shows like this one are important because we got to work out these issues. We can't stay yeah. in bondage to this body 
embodiment stuff. We got to work it out. Right. <laughs> Scripture says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is part of figuring out what really saves you. Is what really saves you having a hot body that can do a hundred burpees in 15 minutes? Actually, it's probably not a good time. I don't know. A oh. hundred burpees in, I don't know. For me, it'd be a hundred burpees in a week. <laughs> like stretched out like one every couple hours. Um, but, but, you know, what, how are you measuring yourself? What are you using to determine your worth? I think those are all really important questions. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up today, Amy, just tell us a little bit about your podcast and what the goal of your ministry is. Yes, I would love to. Um, so yes, like you said, I am the host of the Grace Health podcast, and I typically say two main things at the beginning, which I think um, kind of edify everything that I do. I, I say I'm a, a personal trainer and nutrition coach. Not that I'm trying to put the identity; I'm just trying to get the authority there. Yeah. <laughs> but your eating, movement, and body doesn't have to be perfect. You just need to be able to do what you're called to do. And that actually, just if I could go back really quickly to what you were just mm-hmm. saying, for me, that's the secret sauce. Is what what am I doing and why am I doing it? It's because God has a plan and it might be a short plan for today. And then I need to be well enough to take my kid, you know, and have enough energy to take my kid to the orthodontist later, mm-hmm. or it might be so I can live out this graced health calling or, you know, there's several other ways, but, but it's so I can do what I'm called to do and what God's asking me to do. And then it's the podcast is for women who want simple and grace filled ways to take care of themselves And then I do add in and enjoy a little chocolate in the process. Um, I do get a little geeky sometimes. Uh, This year, I'm focusing on having, I'll have a fitness um, fitness focused one episode. I have a a real faith focused episode, a general health one, and then I do a solo one. So the first three are interviews. And then I have asked the trainer. So people ask me questions all the time. And and then they're, they're just like five to seven minute episodes. But I really... Um, the best compliment I received one time was from my insurance agent because <laughs> she and I are in Toastmasters together and she listens and she said, Amy, you just make me feel like it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm, I love that. And I was like, yes, yeah, because it doesn't. Amazing. Absolutely. I love <laughs> yeah. that. And that's really what I want to do. Like I, I want women to walk away with knowledge and with education, but without feeling like they have to do things everything perfectly and follow right. all of the rules, which is something that we we didn't even get into, but there's all these rules, right? That the fitness industry mm-hmm. has given us. And uh, just to know that they need to do what, what God is wanting them to do to take care of their body in a way that works for them and how God made them. Right. I love that. I love that because that's where freedom is. Yes. Right? There's yes. no freedom in the rules. And then the rules just get confusing because it's like, well, wait, those rules work for her, but those rules didn't work for me. And it just disregards how different God made our bodies and what like our life experiences, <laughs> how they've had a toll on our bodies yeah. and all those things. And I don't, I don't want to get into that too much right now as we wrap up, but, but I just, I love that because it's, it's not about perfection, but yet I also love how you, you want to be wise and you're, you're finding, you're following the research, you are geeking out on what's what's true according to what scientists are finding. And I love that. Like that's, I think that's really helpful. It's good. It's good to have a sound foundation for what's working and what you're doing, but being perfect is, is not where it's at. That's so I love not part that. of it. No, if you yeah. want to have a perfect thing and if you want a, a certain plan, don't you, I'm, I'm probably not for you. <laughs> 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 oh, there you go. Uh, well, Amy, I love it. Tell everyone where they can listen to your podcast and connect with you. 
I would love that. Uh, they can listen to the podcast at Graced Health. Um, that's just the title. Basically, I'm Graced Health everywhere. I'm that okay. on Instagram. I have a Graced Health community group on Facebook. So that's where we're sharing, um, you know, movements and and recipes and challenges and all of that kind of fun, fun stuff. Also, Graced Health on Facebook. Uh, I like to say I'm too old for Snapchat and I don't get TikTok. So I'm not even, I'm not in the uh-uh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm a little dormant on Twitter, but every now and then I'll like yeah. something or retweet it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then my website, there. by the way, yeah. gracehealth.com. Yes. Gracehealth.com. And you can listen to the latest episodes on the website too. Just click on the podcast tab. Okay. Awesome. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. And thank you for watching or listening. And I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. That's all for today. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.